Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. <laughs> hey, excellent. So, yeah. Uh, just uh, here at Earthling Entertainment. <laughs> I was, you know what? Hold on. I was going to start with banter. That's why there was that awkward pause. I was going to be like, hey, guys, let me tell you about my weekend. But I was jumping the gun. I have the whole intro I need to do. Anyways, here at Earthling Entertainment, <laughs> we do a little bit of the spooky, creepy, scary, you know, like aliens or ghosts or what have you. We have a Ryan's Disclosure Discussion, which is a great segment where we talk exclusively about aliens. And we have spooky stuff, which kind of covers everything else, whether it's cryptozoology or, you know, I don't know, ghost monkeys. That's a thing we never talk about. Do animals have ghosts? And are they as scary? Like, if you saw a ghost dog, is that creepier or less creepy than a human? And would you even assume it was a ghost dog, or would you assume it was, like, some weird shape-shifting demon? I don't know. What do you think? I'm wondering why we've never seen, like, any hippie ghosts. Why haven't we seen any, like... Oh, you, you mean just like modern go- age ghosts? Like, why are all the ghosts from, like, like the old 1800s? Ghosts? Yeah, like, why, why don't we get any new ones? Well, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it takes a while to, like, ghost, right? Like... If you have to be really stubborn about not moving on, you have to just be like, no, my energy is here. And then eventually you get, uh, you know, wise enough or strong enough to kind of like form into a solid mass. And th- well, uh, not a solid mass, but let's just say a mass, which <laughs> is like your ghostly spirit, your your OPEC or OPEC mass. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a cruel joke, right? Like, so like people who don't want to be ghosts become ghosts, but like a, like a kid, like a goth kid, who would probably want to be a ghost, doesn't get to be one. Oh, man. that That's funny. Well, I actually... Okay, so you know how I did that uh, web series, Fuzz and Malloy? Well, in episode two, we used music from your band. You did, and it was like the one song that, like... We you wish never, I had it. Yeah, done. we'd never play, but uh, to be fair, I sent them to you, so... Yeah, you told me to pick whatever I wanted. But anyways, <laughs> uh, I actually blame that on the editor. But anyways, I will. I will. Uh, so episode two of Fuzz Malloy, which, by the way, you could find on YouTube, uh, we had this ghost... And he was haunting our apartment. And it was just like that. He was supposed to be like a metal goth kid. And when I wrote it, I was imagining uh, like one of the characters in Metalocalypse. Not the band, but like their fans. Like just a really hardcore like metal kid. And then we're in L.A. And it's acting, right? So long story short, everyone who applied, no one fit the bill. So (laughs) we kind of went with somebody who was more... uh, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but just who's a little bit more bouncy, you know, uh, flamboyant or more of an emo kid, but uh, emo didn't exist anymore. And I didn't uh, change. Scene. He was kind of a scene kid. Kind of a scene I, kid. I think that's what you call it. To be clear, his name is uh, Nico DeGaio. He is a wonderful actor. I was going to say yeah. he did a great job. Yeah, he's a, he's a good actor. But the point is the, the character shifted, but I didn't shift any of the dialogue. So it's just kind of funny because when I watch it, I just imagined, like, the brutal, like, goth kid that I wanted in there because some of those lines in my head, I still I still wish they were done with. I, I a... think they're funnier coming from him. It kind of gave me, like, uh, <laughs> what was it, like, uh, Clerks 3 vibes from Elias. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bit, where it's, like, it's so brutal, and it's coming from this dude, this, this you know, little this meek, dude who meek doesn't, little dude. doesn't seem as brutal as, as the words he's saying. No, I, I think it worked. He, he, he did a great job. 
Oh, I absolutely did. But anyways, uh, yeah, if you randomly want to see a weird uh, web series, it's called Fuzz and Malloy. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, I play Malloy. I suggest watching season two because season one was literally us just improving with a camera. So if you're going to watch that, just watch it before season two. Season two was actually scripted and had actual actors in it. Look it up on IMDb. There's some good people. But anyways. Uh, support local artists. Support artists. So... Earthling Entertainment, like I said, we do the spooky, we do the creepy, and we also talk about movies. And like I just talked about our web series. And sometimes we have some games, sometimes we talk about some uh, celebrity deaths or headlines, and it's just a freeform kind of fun show where we cover all that. And uh, that's Earthling Entertainment. And we love Star Wars, and today we actually Ryan kinda... loves Star Wars. I, I love Star Wars. I, and... I also do, but like Ryan takes the cake. And <laughs> uh, we actually uh, have like a little kind of like a it, a breaking news banter today. Nothing, nothing set in stone here. No, Don't... it's 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 fine. You can just but, talk about it. But no, uh, I you want to save it to the yeah, end? Yeah, we'll save it for the end. All right. Yeah, but we we got some definite breaking news when it comes to the uh, Star Wars cinematic universe coming at the end of the podcast. Yes, yes, quite, quite. But all right, we're going to start our normal programming with spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. An urban legend, the ghosts of Slaughterhouse Canyon of Arizona. I just just like that button, guys. I'm going to be honest. I enjoy it as well. Yeah, we used to have, uh, what was it, the, what? Who? What character was that? That was definitely Little John. Yeah, we used to have Little John's, what? And I really liked that button, but our new soundboard does not have Little John. So instead it has, walk in like a gangster. And then this thing. Yeah, so, you know, uh, uh, that, that's pretty much it. That's giving me some 1882 vibes. All right. Which is good, because that's where this story takes place. In 1882, <laughs> good segue. the town of Kingman, Arizona, was officially established. Throughout its history, it had served as both a military camp and a reservation for Native Americans. It eventually experienced growth when a section of railroad was routed through the area. The gold rush started in Arizona around 1858, and just like elsewhere in the western United States, it was rough experience for those who expected to strike it rich. Once prospectors realized their chance of finding gold in Arizona was rare, they instead sought out the more common copper and silver ores. At one point, the worth of gold sank below that of copper and silver due to its lack of prevalence in the region. Yeah, see, that blows my mind to think about the fact that anything precious metal-wise was, you know, better than gold. It makes sense. I, I mean, I guess, why is gold so good now, right? It's a good conductor. I wonder about that all the time. Well, it, I, it's funny. Gold is crazy. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go no, ahead. not. I'm just saying there's so many conspiracies about that. Yeah, well, I mean, so we know gold is a good heat shield. We know it's a great conductor. It's a malleable metal, so you can shape it into whatever you want. And throughout history, gold is... Uh, Known for a lot of things. Excuse me, I, that was a terrible segue. But what I was going to say is Zachariah Stitchin, who wrote about the Anunnaki, he did several books about them, used to say that basically humans were created by the Anunnaki as a slave race to mine gold because the Anunnaki needed gold for their atmosphere 
because there was some cataclysm or something went wrong. Maybe, hey, maybe global warming. But anyways, they had to put gold. Well, they had to put uh, gold in their atmosphere to fix it. And that's why we were created. That was his whole theory. (laughs) So like, and another thing, uh, I, I don't know if anybody is a Scientologist, but L. Ron Hubbard, who wrote, who is the father of Scientology, uh, he was a science fiction writer, and he wrote Battlefield Earth. And in that book, their aliens wanted gold. So maybe there's something to this. Or maybe because we like gold, we just wrote it into fictions. I and don't know. I heard that gold only happens basically when, like, two, like, enormous masses collide so it's like literally like the formation of planets that creates gold and that's why it's so rare so that's... I, I gotta be 100% honest I have no effing clue how gold is created I know diamonds are created by basically coal that is under pressure for pressure in time yeah, yeah so time. so I'm gonna take your word for it but I gotta be honest that sounds like nonsense <laughs> probably is but that's something that I heard it sounds cool what if it's true what well Fair enough. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What if? It's not often that I can I can stumble up Joe, so I'm I'm proud of here. Well, I'm sorry. I'm I haven't read up on my geology lately, bud. Neither have I. Well, I want to say clearly, but because I don't know, I can't officially call you out and say that was bullshit. Hey, I officially failed uh, geology. Thank you very much. Hold on. Did you actually take geology? That yeah, was... like the study of rocks. Yeah, I totally, I totally took like the, the yeah. I don't know why. Why? Yeah, why? I, I, I mean, it's fine. To did, fail it. Obviously, did you have and aspirations? I my goal. Did you? Want, <laughs> did you want to be an archaeologist? I think it was just one of those dumb core classes that it's like it's on a list and it just it fit my schedule. There was available. there was some gung ho. What is it? Was this high school? See, no, this was college. Okay, See, that I, makes I way yeah, more I was sense. Say, I don't know if. if you... Like, uh, there was a science teacher just like, I really fucking like geology. I'm going to give this elective. That was my major. I don't know if you know this, Joe, but there's like a bit of a problem with like the American education system. It's kind of designed to just. Don't don't blame the schools for why you're stupid. You're an adult. You had time to read. I was a child when I signed (laughs) up for that shit. All right. Yeah. 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 The established families. All right, to be go- we're go- to be clear, we're going back to the urban legend of uh, Slaughterhouse Ranch now. Uh, yep, so Arizona, 1882, just to catch you up. Go ahead, Gold Rush. Jumping right back in. The established families that were uprooted and relocated in the West in search of wealth and success ended up being the ones who sacrificed the most. After lengthy and often excruciatingly difficult searches, Many ended up starving to death. Oh. Okay, I'm done with that voice. But I want to hear death in like a <laughs> 1920s announcer voice. I was having fun with that. I was, uh, having, right. I was uh, having fun with that, see? I ain't going to stop here, you son of a bitch. Well, goddamn. Ha ha. The ghostly legend of Slaughterhouse Canyon. Like any urban legend that has arisen from times of extreme hardship, this story reeks of trauma, spurned by sickness, starvation, Heartbreak and madness. Coming to a theater near you. This particular ghost story is one that swiftly turned from being a simple tragedy to macabre madness. Macabre madness. Coming to a theater near you. (laughs) Rated R for madness. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Which is why this canyon was put on the map of paranormal destinations. 
I want to find a map of paranormal destinations. Is that a real map? Can I like? Is there a website? Someone, someone I'm email sure us and tell me is. if that exists. I'm sure there is. I'm sure it does. Uh, when the first European settlers found the area, the area was named Luana's Canyon, after the matriarch of the impoverished family who lived in a small wooden shack near the dry wash in the heart of the canyon. Uh, as one might expect, living in a small shack in the desert was no easy task. One miner, notably a dreamer, wanted to be able to provide a better life for his wife, Luana, and their children. This miner would regularly venture off into the mountains to work in the gold mines and to search for food, for his family. Uh, their lack of regular income made it difficult to keep food on the table, so the only food the family had available to them was what the miner was able to bring back from his regular expeditions. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, supermarkets are very expensive, but you shoot a couple squirrels in your backyard and suddenly you're a weird neighbor. Sold my stove <laughs> to the company stove. I'm just saying, it makes sense. I mean, all right, so this guy... The only way these people eat is if he hunts and brings back food. I mean, it says searches, but you assume he's not gathering berries. I'm just saying, this is a man. Now you're a man. Male. Male, male, male. Now you're a male. male. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. for those we of you who Jeff. don't know, that is a song by Trey Parker, who uh, is the creator of South Park. Theme song for Orgasmo. Orgasmo, which is a really funny movie it came out in 1998 uh where a what is it a porno superhero it yeah Yeah. if you if you want to see a little bit of roots of south park that's one of their kind of like first bigger films they did right yeah definitely check it out if you're a fan of the raunchy comedy it was before basketballs it was but you know basketball was done by the guys who did airplane it actually wasn't uh written by trey parker matt stone I, i believe they just were actors in it i did not know that i really figured that was totally them yeah, you know what? And I'm questioning it, but I've always like that's that's what I believe. Yes, I, I and I and all this this belief is strong. So I think I looked it up at some point. Well, shit, it, it was a match made in heaven because that it worked perfect. Baseball is one of my favorite movies. It, it's so good. All right, back to these family who is you know reliant on their husband. Yes, I'm glad I wasn't born in this time because I'm not doing all this shit. The yeah. <laughs> the miner would set off. To the uh, northwestern mountains on his trusty mule. Named Seymour. Oh, good old Seymour. Yeah, we actually wrote a whole backstory about Seymour, the mule, the trusty mule. It's amazing. Fly high, little Seymour. Well, that was just kind of a ripoff of Parks and Rec, but continue. Of course it was not. Came up with that on my own. But different accounts of this story can't agree on whether the miner left home every two weeks or if he would be gone <clears throat> for two weeks at a time. What is known is that this was a pretty typical experience during the Gold Rush era. Regardless of how often he was away from home, his family's only source of food, money, and supplies was what the miner was able to bring back with him. Luana and the children could consistently expect the miner to return with what they needed for their comfort and survival. One fateful day, the miner kissed his wife, Luana, and children goodbye, and was on his way. Unfortunately, that would be the last time the family would see their father. 
days turned to yeah, weeks. Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest. When he set off on that journey a second ago when you were talking about it, I didn't think it was going to go well. It, it was set up pretty grimly. Yeah, like just narratively, where else could this story have gone? That guy was a fucking goner. He might as well have worn a red shirt. This was the 1800s version of, I'm just going out for a pack of smokes. Yeah. It's all right, honey. If I don't come back, here's a shovel to bury our children. Was it like Family Guy did some joke like that? <laughs> My God. Days turned to weeks, and soon Luana began to worry that something had happened to her husband. As the supplies dwindled, her concerns that her husband had fallen ill, had an accident, or worse, had been killed by wild animals, or even the victim of robbery. The miner had seemingly become another tragic victim of the unforgiving gold rush. I mean, seriously, dude, it's in the middle of the desert in Arizona. Like, it could have just been he he got bit by a fucking snake and just died. You know what I mean? It might have not been nefarious at all. A thousand ways to die in the Old West. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Luana's reliance upon her husband's consistency meant that she had not rationed any of the supplies that her husband had brought back on his last trip. So all of this is going to be her fault, if anyone wants to know. Yep, it's all her fault. So when food and supplies, how irresponsible, yep. ran so scarce. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> let's the judge. Fit. Let's all judge. Judging her. Judging. That's right. Judging. She's well, sweet. then again, let's judge the guy, too, because he couldn't even walk through a desert without getting bit by a fucking snake. So. And she comes back. She's like, this is fucking why we come back to haunt you from the 1800s, because y'all talk shit. It was like Oregon Trail, right? He's just like, you died of dysentery. <laughs> I was just about to say of dysentery. <laughs> It's always muddy water. We just can't stop drinking it. D- d- don't, yeah, don't, ev- don't ever drink the water. <laughs> for the record, I played the new Oregon. They made a new Oregon Trail. Did they? I've been wanting a new Oregon Trail forever. For the Switch, and it was actually pretty difficult, and it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. For the it. Switch? Yeah, oh, you, wait, I have a Switch. And you get, like, different, like, classes. Dude, I forgot. Hold There's on a second. I forgot I party. had a Switch. That's kind of funny, because my wife's. It's my wife's. I've been staring at it this whole time. It's got Pokemon Little Sticks. buttons, yeah. She yeah. put little button covers. Anyway, so anyways, back back to blaming this lady from the 1800s for starving her poor family. For shame, shame. <laughs> uh, so when the food and supplies ran scarce, the family began to starve. Living alone in the canyon meant that the family had no other possible means of support, and soon the children wither and wept in pain. That's horrible. Yeah, that's a really rough sentence. Despite being pale and weak with starvation, their screams and cries echoed throughout the canyon and even traveled on the nighttime breeze. The starving sobs of her children, constantly begging Luana for food, began to tear her down mentally. Yeah, as as it would, yeah. Each day that went by pushed Luana closer toward the brink of insanity until one day... She just could no longer stand to see her children suffer, and she snapped. Unable Their to necks? Uh... <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, mentally. Okay, I got, I'm with you. Yeah. Unable to cope with the reality of watching. So, trying to make children death is not always easy to make funny, all it's, right? It's not, been... it's a... Okay, it's rough. <laughs> it never gets any easier. Yet we keep doing it every week. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, continue. I I I don't wanna. Okay, <laughs> unable to cope with the reality of watching her children starve to death, 
gonapsychosis drove her to do the unthinkable. One night during a thunderstorm, tormented by her children's screams and own agonizing hunger, she put on her wedding dress and slaughtered her own children to end their suffering. <laughs> Depending on how you do that, right? Like, I'm not, okay, I am not pro-killing anyone, to be clear. But are you actually stopping their suffering? Like, what did she do? She beat them with a, in the head? Because that could take a while. I'm just, I'm just saying. It doesn't say. They're, they're, did she have a gun? What did she do? This is creepy. This is creepy, and I don't like it. And you want to know why? It's because they use the word slaughter. And slaughter to me sounds horrifying, and it sounds like it was a, with a knife. And it's like, that's the worst way. I get, well, hold on. I guess setting everyone on fire might be worse. But like, Jesus Christ, why use the word slaughter? That is rough. To quote Doomhead from Rob Zombies 31, it's probably going to take a couple of extra whacks. Dang. Gross. But, you know, uh, honestly. Oh, it gets worse. It needs to be vague, right? Because it's a legend. Or is it? Uh, continue. I'm sorry. It gets worse. Oh no, you know what? I sadly, I I really fucking believe this shit because like there are so many just maddening stories of old frontier times. You you were in the middle of nowhere, horrible winters. You're you're dead. You're fucked. Here here we go. This one starts off bright and cheery. Her mind lost. She chopped their dead bodies up into several pieces, splattering the walls of the small shack with blood which earned it the name of the Slaughterhouse. After finishing her horrible see, deed... See? See? Slaughterhouse. That's, 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 that's gross. That's horrible. After finishing her horrible deed, she carried the pieces of her children and tossed their remains into the river. At the river, she collapsed into a heap, her wedding dress soaked in the blood of her children she had slain. I feel like the writer got, like, real into this. And now I'm reading it. <laughs> Luana was overcome with sadness and guilt. She remained on the riverbank, wailing and screaming over what she had done until she succumbed to starvation herself the next morning. Slaughterhouse okay, well, Canyon. Was it the next morning? That's what it says. Well, I mean... Okay, so she was at the brink of starving to death. I feel like at that point, just wait another day. Like, you can't deal with your children's crying for one more day. Just all die together. And you don't have to murder them horribly and chop them up into little pieces. <laughs> man, at that point, I'd be out there, like, fucking hunt, trying to hunt, man. Like, yeah, that is true, right? Try like, to do something. I know you're in the desert, and I know very little about nutrition, but, like, you can't boil a cactus for something for fuck's sake something <laughs> eat some yeah. eat some bugs there's bugs right yeah, yeah i agree with like you said if there's cactus i'm i'm picking those cactus up i'm gonna cut the pricklies off like and I i'm mean, gonna try to cook it and i'm like yeah, it probably tastes like shit but it's something to eat yeah like worst case scenario it's poisonous and you die best case scenario it's peyote and you live. at least you tried <laughs> at least you effing tried i don't know oh my god like, okay. I wasn't ready. We for are the... judging all these frontier people, and that's why they haunt us, because we talk shit. Oh my god! Well, in any case, uh, gross. <laughs> all right, let's continue with this awesome story today. Slaughterhouse Canyon can be accessed by the public 
It's only a 12-minute drive from Kingman, Arizona. It is said that on quiet nights, when the moon is full and the air is thick, that those brave enough to venture into the Desert Canyon after midnight are likely to have experiences. Woo! The dark, oppressive nights allow the anguished screams of the mother and the bloody cries of her slaughtered children can still be heard throughout the canyon. Yeah, that's rough. That's... Ghost Canyon. The legend of Slaughterhouse Canyon bears striking similarities to other urban legends and ghost stories, such as the woman in white and the tragic Mexican legend of La Llorona, or the weeping woman. While it's true that the stories are similar, make no mistake, they are separate (laughs) legends. They are not the same. Things are different, okay? <laughs> I mean, they're both ghosts, they're both crying ladies, but my God, they are different. And actually, they, are, they actually are. They're different legends, to be fair. The woman of La Llorona brings me a corona. I don't, I don't know if I approve of that joke, Ryan. I thought it worked. It rhymed. What's... That's the bar. <laughs> That's the bar. If it rhymes. All right, speaking of that, Ryan, <laughs> why did the duck go to prison? Why did the duck go to prison? He was selling quack. All right, sorry. Jumping back in. What seems to be a common thread in all renditions of these stories is that the woman murders her children. But it's it's the reason behind their vicious murder that varies from story to story. Oh, so so it depends. It's all murder, but, you know, you know, there's there's you're not listening to the details. In La Llorona, the most frequent rendition is that the mother kills her children after she finds that her husband has been unfaithful. That's overreacting. Kill your husband. Right. <laughs> like, don't, I'm yeah. just saying, if you're going to kill someone, kill the guy who did it, not the kids. They didn't do shit. We don't approve of murder, but, I mean, we're just trying to find some logic here. Like, like I mean, if you're going to murder... <laughs> yeah. Which you should. If you're gonna murder, make sure that you uh, you have all your ducks in a row. Maybe not the say. innocent children. Yeah, I'm, come on. What is this? The Hunger Games? Jesus. Or, uh, or Battle Royale. Right, right. Bat- Battle Royale was better. Uh, however, every account of the legend of the ghosts in Slaughterhouse Canyon alleges that the husband was not only a caring and loving partner, but a devoted father as well. So that makes it extra sad. <laughs> <laughs> if only that guy just could have not got bit by that freaking snake. You know what? Actually, I want to make it sadder. It would be. It, it was like a. It was a spider bite, just a normal spider, not even like a rough spider. And then it just, I don't know. He got infected. He picked at it, and then he got gangrene, and then he had to cut off his arm, and then his arm got gangrene, and then he died. The most likely of scenarios. <laughs> right? Okay, now you know what? Aliens. He got abducted. A- okay, it was aliens. He got abducted. It was aliens. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. We've just decided this man was abducted. And you know what? He came home after this and was just like, what the hell? You jeebus crisps. There's blood right. everywhere. Oh, dude, that'd be the worst interstellar travel moment right there, dude. <laughs> like, you come back, like, you won't believe what I've seen. Oh, my God! <laughs> There's body parts <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like, oh, was there a bear in here? Oh, it's good to laugh. <laughs> Jumping back in. 
Locals will tell you that it was popular when they were of high school age to load up a car with their peers and park down in the canyon by the remains of the old slaughterhouse shack. So it's still fucking there. Yeah, and also kids are dicks. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, we would go. Oh, we totally would go. And we're dicks. I still might go. <laughs> <laughs> they would roll their windows down and sit in silence as they waited for Luana inevitably. They would hear strange sounds that would prompt them to vacate the premises. It's called premisai. Run away. <laughs> Another account recalls their experiences of hearing the stories of Slaughterhouse Canyon and their regular trips to the area with their brother. Their motives were simple curiosity and the desire to be teenagers away from prying eyes. Saucy stuff. They would have bonfires and, quote-unquote, act their age without consequence until one night after midnight they began to hear the wailing cries surrounding them a quick search of the area revealed nothing but frightened them enough to leave the canyon entirely yeah i mean if i see if i hear disembodied voices you don't gotta tell me twice i'll just leave oh, like yeah. i'm not a, i'm not a horror like i'm a horror movie guy and in, in, in like the sense of a fan of watching horror movies but like in a horror movie scenario it wouldn't take much for me to just be like all right see ya i'm done you know what I mean? Like, there's this character in, uh, I think it was, it was uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. And he basically goes to the bar with all the rest of the characters, uh, the counselors, before they come back and all get slaughtered by Jason. But it ends, uh, well, I shouldn't say it ends. In the middle of the movie, he's just sitting at the bar and they're like, hey, we're going back. And he's like, all right, I'm going to chill here. And you never see him again. That guy lived because he just was like, eh, I don't know. I'm getting out of here. This seems sketch. I think you'll now you'll admit the liquor has its benefits. <laughs> That's but, right. Another another reference another for almost heroes from the American classic Almost, almost Heroes, Heroes, starring Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. Rest in peace to the both of them. Absolutely. You know what's weird though is uh, we haven't done a Almost Heroes reference in so long. That I'm wondering if there's anyone listening to this podcast who's like, aha! Like, they've listened to us long enough where they're like, referencing the old stuff. I've Way been, to go, guys. I've been pretty consistent, but you're right, I haven't done it in a minute. Yeah. I, it, but well, we, I saw We took two weeks off after Christmas, and I think that that threw the whole the whole reference thing. <laughs> well, I, I saw my opportunity and, and took a flying leap. Okay, there's one last paragraph of this, and then we can continue to discuss. She this. said she wouldn't mind if I smoked, and, and I believed her. I believed. <gasps> Reference number two. He's got something in his hands. Anyways, others still, primarily ghost hunters, in search of the ghosts of the Slaughterhouse Canyon, report that while driving down the road that leads into the canyon... They would witness a mysterious woman wearing a black dress and dark veil while walking down the side of the road. While turning back to find her again, she had mysteriously disappeared. As one does. So. So. This story is 100% believable to me because... Uh, People are terrible. The further back you go, the worse we humanity gets. And it's like, wow. 
just like how horrible because you know this shit happened. You know this shit happened. Well, it's it's kind of like cannibalism, right? Like it's it's screwed up, right? To eat other people. Most people are like, yeah, we're not gonna do that. But in survival situations, it totally happens. Like uh, the movie Alive, which is based on a true story. I think it was a rugby I wanna team. I want to see that. I, yeah. yeah, I saw clips from it. Yeah, it's like a rugby team. And once again, true story, plane crashes, and they have to resort to cannibalism. We know what happened with the Donner Party. So it's just any situation where people are starving. You know, there's another one where in the winter, there was this gentleman who basically ate his whole family. And he's claimed that it was because he was possessed by a Wendigo spirit. I mean. Ooh, we covered that. We did. But I'm just saying cannibalism in general. It. What would you do to stay alive, right? Like you have pets. No one wants to eat their pets. But obviously, there's a point of starvation, whether it's for yourself or your loved ones, where you would kill your pet and eat him. 90% of people. Okay, and maybe like the hardcore animal rights people wouldn't. Maybe they would starve with their dog. I don't know. I have a newborn. Well, he's not a newborn. He's like 10 months old. But I have a baby. And if baby. I had nothing else to feed him, I would totally murder a parakeet. I'm just saying. It, definitely, <laughs> I wouldn't just sit around. That's for sure. <laughs> that that's for sure. Like uh, I, I get it. It was a different time. Uh, you know, it, it everybody was indoctrinated different back then. Unfortunately, at the time, women were not taught how to like go out and hunt and shit like that. They were probably told that they couldn't, which is bullshit. You know what I mean? But that was just how it was back then. So she was terrified. She didn't know what know. to do. I, you know, just to play, you know, the opposite side of that. I don't know if that's true because I feel like if you're in frontier times, you have to survive. Like everyone learns everything, right? Maybe it was she couldn't go out and hunt because it's like the kids were too young or something. Like you couldn't leave them alone. I don't know. I'm trying to give this woman the benefit of the doubt. But you're right. Like, do you not know anything about foraging, if nothing else? That's my thing, is I can't believe that she didn't try anything. Like you were saying, like, frickin', frickin' cut up a damn cactus. At least it's something, man. Like, Well, also, if, okay, if you're gonna... Fucking feed him something, man. Well, this is fucked up, right? But if, <laughs> going back to cannibalism, if you're going to murder your children and cut them up into little pieces because they're starving to death, why wouldn't your first move be like to cut off your own leg or arm and cook it and give it to your kids? Now, that's really, really, really screwed up. I'm not saying it's not. But why wouldn't you do that before murdering them and cutting them up into little pieces? I'm assuming the little pieces is like the telephone game. I'm assuming she probably just killed them. And, and then, oh, okay, yeah. So that's we're fine. My, just that's, murder. No, I, it's still fucked up. But I'm just assuming that a lot of things are, you know... Get a little bit of embellishment, and 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 I don't know, but but the the, the entire the premise of this one hundred percent this happened all the time. It, it was easy to die back then. Lifespan was what like if you were like if you reached your fifties, you were considered like elder. Well, that, like, he he is an ancestor. Like oh my god, right? Like normal people died in their thirties. So like <sighs> it, it, it was a different time, and and like yeah, so like yeah, shit like this happened all the time. And you're and you're by yourself. You're probably like he like this is just a shack in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a fucking canyon. Great, great, great spot. Great spot. Yeah, and I know. Uh, you know what? I'm done. I got nothing. I do not. I do not support the whole not cutting off your leg. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean. That at certain point, like, good God, good God. Uh, just uh. 
I don't know. It, at the end of the day, this sounds like a uh, Tales from the Crypt for me. I grew up on Tales from the Crypt, and that, that's the one part of the story where I'm like, ooh, like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's fucked up, but like, I could totally see it being an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Well, I do agree with that, and that's simply because uh, some some Tales from the Crypt episodes are just about like just these absurdly scary circumstances of like being buried alive or like being tricked into being saved from something and. Go ahead. And I was going to say, so, like, literally what we were saying is, like, when he comes back, that's totally Tales from the Crypt, yeah. is she would kill them, dismember them, in her madness, like, crying, a, goes out there. Hello, honey, I'm bringing back a buffalo. We're going to nut stuff. For, oh, Right, right. She, she lays shit. down, and we, the audience, <laughs> think that she's now finally passed, and then you start to hear the rickety sound of the wagon, the clomp of the horse's hooves on the... Yeah. On the trail, and, and she he, and she looks up in horror, and that could be it. That could be the end. Yeah, right. It, it's like him her, just like, showing up. up in horror, like, like you don't even have to show him. You could just have the sound and have her just open her eyes in horror. But I don't. Oh, but see, that's the ambiguous thing, right? Because it wasn't her husband, or was it not? And I, I really do. With rare occasions, I like definitive endings, which is really kind of crazy because I wanted to bring this up to you because we are earthly entertainment. We also talk about movies. Uh. So, you know, the top spinning at the end of uh, what the, the Leonardo DiCaprio film where he goes into dreams. Do you remember what that one was called? Oh, gosh, no, I don't remember that one. Oh, my God. Come on, man. I'm terrible. Inception. Anyways, Inception. Yeah, I never saw it. Okay, well, long story short, in Inception, the, he has a tell to tell people whether or not, he, well, to tell himself whether or not he is in a dream or not. So he spins the top and... In the movie, he tells people that's his uh, totem, I think he called it. And if it, if the top just goes along and keeps spinning forever, that seems that's like unrealistic. So he knows he's in a dream. If it topples over, he knows he's uh, in the real world. At the end of it, he spins the top, and then before the before it like uh, cuts to black, it like wobbles a little bit. So it leaves it to be ambiguous whether or not he. It ends the movie, the happy ending with his family, whether that's a dream or reality. And it was supposed to show, well, it doesn't matter because he doesn't care whether he's in a dream. That was the point. Like, he doesn't care anymore because he's happy with his family. Okay, that's great. But I recently found out that it was a lie and the top was not his totem. And this was not an ambiguous ending. His totem is actually his wedding ring. And I, uh, I don't, I, I think it was every time he's in this dream, his wedding ring is on. And every time he's in, out of the dream, his wedding ring is off. So at the very end, in that final scene, his wedding ring is off. Keep in mind, I may have reversed that. But his wedding ring is off. So it definitively say, says that he is in the real world. He is not in a dream. That is, the, that is a definitive ending to a movie that everyone thinks is complicated and does not have a definitive ending. Well, well put. Because, yeah, I needed to watch that. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a good movie, but um, it's one of those movies that is a bit convoluted, and uh, it, it it is good, but it's um it's not. I don't know. People act like it is like the most complicated film in the world. That, that's what I've heard. But honestly, you know, you want to watch a complicated film? Watch Donnie Darko. That's a fucking mind fuck. Excuse me for swearing so much. That is a crazy movie. I feel like that's one of those movies where yeah, I finally got it like the fourth or fifth time I watched it. Oh, man. Well, you know what? Honestly, the theory behind Donnie Darko's mythology, all that stuff, that's like an actual segment for another show. So we're not yeah, going to get into it right now. Thing. But uh, long story short, that's a complicated movie. Inception, 
not saying it's not complicated, but I believe it's more convoluted. That's I, that's just my takeaway. And I found it funny that you brought up uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movie because I was just thinking that spoiler alert for Shutter Island that this story kind of gave me a little bit of Shutter Island vibes because yeah, she kills the kids while he's away. I mean, is that what happened? I don't really remember Shutter Island. I know there was a big twist. That was the, the yeah he based and then I, then I think he kills her. Oh right, and then, and then he's actually crazy, and he so, actually is an inmate or something. And he, yeah, 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 so yeah. the whole thing is he's yeah. an inmate. He was, you know, he was obviously arrested for murder because he murdered his wife after yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she yeah, murdered yeah, the kids, yeah. and then he gets put away. And the whole thing is he's strung this whole story that he's a cop investigating the island and not a patient, and it's this whole big thing. And you could still argue. It, what's for funny, the record, we were never we're never going to spoil new movies. These movies are like 10 years old. Yeah, Come this on, is guys. an old one, and I and I gave the spoiler alert, so, uh, so give me a break. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so that's kind of all I had to say about this. I believe this kind of crap happens, and if you believe in ghosts, I have, you know, I don't, I'm not like the biggest ghost person. It's not my biggest forte, but, uh, this definitely sounds pretty ghost worthy. Yeah, totally. Anyways, so we are about to start our next segment, Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. Our mysterious crop circles, cryptic alien messages or just a ruse. It seems pertinent to take on another sign of alien visitation or perhaps a paranormal phenomena. The mysterious crop circles that have spread across the world in the thousands since the late 1970s. What's surprising is how much these signs and their origins date back even further. They're believed by millions of Americans over time as something different from UFOs. Remember the 2002 blockbuster Signs, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, unpopular opinion. I actually love all of M. Night Shyamalan's movies, even the ones that people hate. For instance, Lady in the Water. We don't got to talk about it. I love that movie. Everyone tells me it's garbage. I didn't hate it. Yeah, fair enough. Continue. Uh, starring Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, it can't be by hand. It's too perfect, said Reverend... Yeah, hey, uh, just throw that whole paragraph over. You got weirdly stuttery there. <laughs> Remember the 2002 blockbuster signs directed by M. Night Shyamalan and starring Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix. It can't be by hand. It's too perfect, said Reverend Graham S. Mel Gibson. After inspecting a football field size pattern cut on his wheat crop, the movie grossed $408 million worldwide. It was definitely of the filmmakers' better films. That was much better, thank you. <laughs> if you search crop sir, it was it was oddly worded, and yeah, we kind of like it, talked. It, in it the was oddly worded. I was yeah, just fucking yeah. with you, man. <laughs> if you search crop circles on Google, you'll find some amazingly beautiful images, huge patterns of all kinds cut on crops, from symmetric Mandela-looking circles to 
yeah, the mandalas are really yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, the whole that. I mean, I don't have to explain it to you what a mandala is, but that the the design it's really awesome. Uh, to abstract symbols and even an alien face with a disc next to him, carrying some kind of image. Yeah, wasn't there uh, one also that they decided was Morse code and they like tried to send a message back? Yeah, that's that's a cool story. I remember that one because that was one of the only ones. Like I, I'm. I'll I'll speak on this after the article here, but I've got very mixed feelings on crop circles myself. All right, well, I have some information, so I'll tell you about that stuff. Uh, and if there's uh, anything we've learned about the growth cycle, sorry, uh, the, the, the growth of these circles at large scale, what would happen when these tiny geometric shapes begin making their way up our walls? What? 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 Was there just a weird typo there? Did I there? just cut it? I don't know, man. What are you doing? <laughs> jump back. Uh, okay, so we were, yes, the from symmetric mandala-looking circles to abstract symbols and even alien face sticks next, next to him carrying some kind of image. Oh, this is what I skipped. But one particular photo has been captured in such high resolution that this website devoted hundreds upon thousands into exploring its meaning. And here's where I came in. And if there's anything we've learned about the growth, it says literally, this is a typo, it says growth cycle cycles, which is I'm guessing saying growth cycle of circles at large scale, what would happen when these tiny geometric shapes began making their way up our walls? All right, by the way, this was brought to us by uh, the UFOholic, UFOholic.com. Yeah, so we and, got it, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I transfer it over and then I write it. Uh, I I like adjust it if there is a little bit of I don't know like a first person thing where if the if the writer is talking like I went and talked to this person you know in order to basically make it sound better on the podcast because but the point is only reason why I say this I don't know if that typo was me or them as far either, as the website is concerned. Either way, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I usually read through a little bit better, so I'll take I'll take the point on this one, my buddy. This ain't on you. Joe puts this shit... Joe is the glue that holds this show together, my friends. I just come here and fucking read. So, don't, like... like <laughs> well, so. I appreciate it, bud, but obviously no one wants to hear someone talk to themselves. So, you know, it's it's a double show. You know, the banter, the back and forth. That's what makes the show good, man. Anyone can talk about, you know, weird phenomenon or, like, cryptozoology. What makes our show different is... Our weird pop culture knowledge and the banter between us. So in our history, I've known this kid since we were fucking in. It was uh, it was middle school. So I think it was after sixth grade. So it was seventh grade. No, it was in between sixth and seventh grade. We were literally twelve. Yeah, that's right. Which is kind of a long time now. (laughs) It's a very (laughs) long time. All right, jumping back in. That's twenty five years, I think. Yeah. Good lord. I know. That's awesome. Sorry, every now and then you're going to have to experience the love that me and Joe have for one another. That's why we do this show, because we love each other and we wanted to do a project. And so here we are with Earthling Entertainment Podcast. To be, to be clear, uh, a very platonic love. Not that there would be anything wrong with the other the, the other one, just that's not the case. He's my heterosexual life mate. There you go. We're the Jay and Salah Bob. We're the Harold and Kumar. We're the, uh, uh, the Cheech and Chong. All right. Just to... One, two, three, four. Noinch, noinch, noinch. Smoking weeds. Oh, sorry. If 
your first thought <laughs> that was, was a Jay and Silent Bob reference. Well done, by the way. Well, I'm just saying, you know, 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, owe me. My jungle love. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. I think I want to know you, know you. Yeah. That was the first Jay and Silent Bob. I hear they're actually doing another Jay and Silent Bob film. Like Kevin I'm Smith is writing it and making it. Here for it. I love Kevin Smith. I love Jason Muse. I love his whole universe that he's created. Ryan's all about love this week, which is a very healthy place to be. Because let me tell you, not always the case. <laughs> 2024 is going to be the year of love. Hey, man, maybe it's going to be like 1968. Maybe it's just going to be awesome. Is there a really good festival we can go to and just really jam out? If you Is it 1968 them. or 1969? I don't want to. What was Woodstock? Do you remember? 69. All right. So 1969, I guess. Was that the summer of love? I think it was. Oh, my God. It had to have been madness. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there. Definitely on the, uh, the, time, the time machine list of things I would go to. You know what I sometimes think about is uh, we don't. All right. So on the show, we don't talk about anything politics or anything world news, because obviously this show is supposed to be for everybody. We just want it to be entertaining and enjoyable. But uh, just to briefly touch on it, things are crazy right now. And I sometimes think about like in the 60s, how it was with Vietnam and other things happening in the world. And we romanticize that time with the hippies and stuff like that. But it might have been really scary. And it just I wonder if it now had to have been terrible. Sure. And I wonder if now with everything going on, is it like, let's say 20, 30, 40 years from now, is it going to be romanticized in the way, you know, like, oh, they were going through this or that. Once again, on this show, we don't get into it. But, you know, oh, this happened, that happened, world events. And it's just like, I don't know what what is, you know, taking a step back. What is the the history? How are how is this decade going to be looked down, like looked upon? Yeah, because. Sorry, just to no, just to fine, finish my point, because just to put this in perspective, um, 1985, Back to the Future, he goes back 30 years to see his parents and make sure that they get together in 1955. Well, you know what, Ryan? You know what that means? If that movie was made today, they would go back to 1994. Ouch. Yeah. See, that's what I'm just saying. So when we watch Back to the Future and you're just like, whoa, the 50s, what a far off time. Like, think about the fact that for kids today, that movie could, the, the 90s, like, granted, we were young, you know, we were real young, you know, I was born in, you know, 86, at the end of 86, so in the early 90s, I was, I barely have memories, so I'm not acting like that was my time, but I'm just saying it doesn't feel far, like, I remember in school writing dates of 1997 and stuff on my papers. Like, I, I agree, it's yeah. weird, right, because... Yeah, there is like a part of it that, like you said, it's like romanticized in your memory, and and but we and you were talking about like like how terrifying it was back then, during the world wars and such like that in Vietnam. Yeah, like, and, like I mean, now, even in the early '90s, there was the Gulf War, and I'm sure a lot of other stuff going on. But I mean, we had you know Desert Storm. We had you know what was in the early '90s. We had like we've been at like war has always been happening. It's crazy, and and, and yet it just now it seems like. Because of social media, everybody's a lot more informed in their own way. See, that things. is that is actually a theory where it's just like the world isn't as fucked up as everyone thinks. We just know about everything happening around the world yes. now when we otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. When back in the day of newspaper, not everyone's reading newspaper. Also, you need journalists to find out about it. They weren't going online. You know, were they getting telegrams? Like, where were these reports coming from? 
So the point is, big world events might not even be known until six months later. It, or it, not at all. I And I agree. That's why, and, you know, everybody was super together back then, right? That was the old times of, you save your bacon grease, you, you save... Like all your rubber, like people, like piles of tires. You're talking about like World War II. Yeah, 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 yeah like yeah, where sure, America sure. was like really like, oh my gosh, like they, we banded, like they banded together. At least that's what, like you said, was romanticized about that time. Yeah, I mean, like, who knows? I just, yeah, I wish. All right, and then this apply, is the last thing I'm going to say because I, I, I do want to get off this yeah, real yeah, life yeah. politics. So the last thing I'm going to say is it would be nice. Not, I'm not talking about sides. It would just be nice if there weren't sides. And everyone was kind of like, it would be cool if everybody was just like, hey, we're we're all rooting for the home team. And it just feels like... And we can do that. Yeah. We, we can do that. And it just, uh, I just wish, it sounds screwed up. I don't want there to be a big event. But like, you got World War II and you have everyone rallied up all on the same team of just like, these are the bad guys. We're the good guys. Whether that's, you know, I believe true. But I'm just saying whether that was true or not, history always you know favors the victors uh but that being said come on no one likes nazis the point is no one likes nazis well that's the quote of the day other nazis might like that's the name of the episode no one likes nazis (laughs) (laughs) i kind of trailed off there because (laughs) sometimes i try to just overcorrect because i'm just like all right be middle of the crowd don't offend anyone so i just talk too much and then i talk myself into a circle and i realized for a second there i was kind of being like Oh man, there's you know two sides to every story, but now World War Two, the fuck the Nazis. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression at all. All right, the the point is, everyone in America kind of banded together. We were all for the home team, and today everybody's so divided, and that's kind of shitty. Now, back to crop circles. <laughs> we were all together at 9/11. All right, so back. Oh man, 9/11 is a whole nother thing. Like our show's a conspiracy show, so we can't bring up 9/11 because there's too many sides, and we're gonna piss people off. Here at Earthling Entertainment, we're not pussies. We just believe that our show should be for everyone, and we know that there are certain things that you know what we just don't even care to talk about, just because like we're not here for the argument. We're here for the entertainment. We're here to make a fun show and to make you laugh. I will say, though, there's... Maybe creep you out. Yeah, it's true. I will say, though, uh, as a screenwriter, you always look for character's motivation, right? And who has the most to gain from a situation? And uh, a lot of laws passed after (laughs) 9-11, and it feels like maybe the motivation was other people than we're told. But okay, I'm done. It was the reptilians. Oh shit! Yeah, you know what? That's it. That's a safe bet. It was reptilians, guys. Those Fuck fuckers yeah. want to eat you. Don't trust lizards from space. Lizards from space. Don't trust them. Okay, continue. Oh, you should have done it again. Lizards from space. Lizards from space. Do not trust them. Not the lizards. Not the lizards. Oh no, they're gonna eat you. Lizards from space. Oh no, they're gonna eat you. They're cold-blooded and like your flesh. Gonna jump right back into this crop circle story. Lizards from space! Crop circles. If your first thought <laughs> was, that must have never happened, then guess again. As Carl Sagan pointed out 20 years ago, circular objects are extremely useful for communicating, communicating information between animals or humans because they often form dense networks 
which help transmit messages through tight spaces. Circular structures could serve as communication conduits, like communications cables carried overhead without getting lost. We're reaching a little bit here. <laughs> just, just a tad, but it's fine. <laughs> a documentary, Crop Circles, Quest for Truth, directed uh, by... Crop Circles, Quest for Truth. Very well done. Yeah, I thought so. Directed by William Gazeki. <laughs> the real Interviews one. several experts who are clearly puzzled by the whole thing, attributing it to aliens or supernatural phenomena. The preview opens with scary words. <laughs> spooky. Spooky words. Creepy. Okay, I'm going to do it as spooky as I can. How do you understand what can't be explained? Wow, Ryan, that was really good. These things <laughs> are footprints of intelligence. Uh, that is his impression of Kevin Cash, who did the voice <laughs> of Splinter in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. A voiceover, uh, a voiceover later states, and yet we know nothing about them. And no one really knows how they got there. No, no. Yeah. What yeah. the hell was that? All right, continue. Ding. There's a random beep. I don't know if that's going to show up on the podcast. I was going to say, I don't think that those show up. We heard the random beep, and that's what we're reacting to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> pop up video. Oh, pop up video. Hey, dude, those yeah. are the best. All right. So, VH1 back in the day <laughs> did pop up video, pop which up was video. music videos that, like, fun facts or did you know little blurbs popped up and, like, pointed at something like that helmet was in Star Wars and now it's in the background of this Michael Jackson fucking video. My favorite was when they ran out of shit to say and they would just say random ass things. Like, it made no sense why they would even bring this up. Like, nice. Like, <laughs> uh, all right, jump back in. Jump back into the crop circles. Pop up crop circles. Pop up crop circles. One might assume that these people must have lived far off somewhere where none were discovered before, perhaps in outer space. Or maybe their craft could simply remain dormant all this time, like every other UFO sighting at least since 1948. <laughs> Bit of a stretch. <laughs> but then why is our government always claiming alien encounters from now on instead of actual sightings didn't happen? around those times until hundreds of years ago. Why? Why? Also, also strange. <laughs> the phrase used when talking about UFOs, as evidenced there, never appeared after 1945, but was borrowed into much earlier statements concerning alien abductions. Wow. This documentary should be contrasted with the one from National Geographic Channel, Crop Circles, Is It Real? Is it? Or with the confessions of a crop circle designer. This is where I go like, eh. Yeah, right. The author, Matt Ridley, published in Scientific American in 2002, Crop Circle Confession, in his words, 
The whole episode taught me two important lessons. First, treat all experts with skepticism and look out for their vested interests. Many serialologists, those dudes who are like really into cereal. Yes, I'm a Lucky Charms study major. That was my was it, my, my thesis was Lucky Charms. Frosted fucking flakes. Frosted flakes. What about tricks, bro? Fucking, fucking fuck tricks. <laughs> all right, not a kid. You know what, kid, bro? I'm a grown ass man. You know what? Screw you, man. I'm gonna sniper Frosted Flakes, and then I'll be a serial killer. Fuck that bunny. (laughs) What? Many serialologists made a pot of money, silly rabbit, from writing books and leading week long tours of crop circles, some costing more than two thousand a person. Second, never underestimate. These are quotes, by the way, of this. Yes, yes, quote. Second, never underestimate the gullibility of the media. Even the Wall Street Journal published articles that failed to take the man-made explanation seriously. As for the identity of those who created the complicated mathematical and fractal patterns that appeared in the mid-1990s, I have no idea. But Ocom's razor suggests that they were more likely to be undergraduates than aliens. All right, hold on a sec. There are some things I want to say about this. So, yes, people say that crop circles can be made, and they have demonstrated this, mm-hmm. with basically a board and two strings, and they push down the crops all at once in a flat surface with the board and make their designs. But there are two things we need to remember here. All of those man-made crop circles are, for lack of a word, imperfect. So, actually... There's, uh, like, instead of a circle, it's a little bit of a, a sketchy circle, right? Like, even if it's a perfectly round, the edges are just a little bit frayed. Like, you just don't get all the crops as perfectly circular as some of the real ones. Also, uh, crop circles that are real actually have the crop at the part where it bends. It actually elongates and creates basically kind of like another knuckle. And they're bent over while the stocks are not broken. These man-made crop circles, which were done with the board and the strings, all of the stocks are broken, and that is how they're laid down. So it's almost like the real ones had some kind of uh, just, and I'm speculating here, but like some maybe one can imagine radioactive a, or, or, or a sci-fi kind of heat ray see, or just I never something heard that. that kind of just lays these crops down as opposed to breaking the stem of the crops right. also see i never heard that also real crop circles years later you know the the even after crops grow and they've they've recycled the land a little bit sometimes imprints of the crop circles show back up where it's just dead grass in in the area of the crop circle. Like, they come back, like, whether it's an energy or things like that. These are all things to keep in mind, is all I'm saying. Similar with the, <clears throat> I forget his name, the fire in the sky guy, the, the famous abduction. They say that area still had, when they went there, had, like, some kind of radiation going on that they couldn't explain. Well, see, there you go, man. And uh, even though I I know that film in particular, people find a lot of fault with because the actual story that the uh, the man who was abducted tells and the particulars Uh, of the film. Travis Walton? I believe so. That sounds right. Long story short, uh, from my understanding is 
the movie really focused on being a horror movie. And while a lot of what is in the film supposedly happened, uh, it wasn't just listen to the guy's actual story. There's, there's I was about different... to say he's actually gone on uh, a few podcasts that I can think of. I've listened to him a couple times. Uh, he he's he has recounted the whole experience. And yeah, the movie Fire in the Sky is mostly accurate. But when it came to what he actually experienced, he found them to be quite peaceful. And what sounded to me to be like the blondes. Uh, the Nordics. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Nordics I always imagine as like, uh, they from what they describe, it's like, it's, it's like a six foot tall elf from Lord of the Rings. Like they're just really beautiful, skinny white people with blonde <laughs> hair, which sound a little racist when I say it out loud, but I'm not the one who, you know, described these Nordics before now. I forget the 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 Star Wars race, but that's what it, the Munes reminds uh... me of the Munes, like where they were like the bankers of the society, where they were like considered to be the med- the, the the pure middle man, and they were ba- so that like I always thought of the blondes as kind of like that, like they were. You the- called them the Bloods, which is funny to me. That's what I I, I that's you know what them I was as ra- the Bloods. I, yeah, I, I yeah. know them as the Nordics. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know why. That's what I always. Uh, Attributed to them as the Legolases. Yes, <laughs> the ticking the hobbits to Isengard. Huzzah! Throw the ring into what's it, Mount Doom? No. Come on, Frodo. Don't be a dick. It's fucking mine. Come on, Frodo. I, I, I took it this fucking far. It's mine. Frodo. It's fucking mine. Frodo. The whole Sam, point. You know the what? whole point. I left my garden was so we could throw the damn ring in the fire. What? You know what, Sam? Me and Gollum. We pissed in your cereal yesterday. Gollum just wants the ring. You know, he's he's going to take it. He's my bro. Yeah, he's on your back right now. I'm telling he's going to bite your finger off. He he told me he wouldn't do that. He's going to he's going to do it. He wouldn't lie. Lord of the Rings. I'll be goddamned. He bit my finger off just like you said, Sam. Too bad I haven't been listening to you this whole time. Thank you. All right, so can we throw the damn ring at Oh, oh, there he goes. Off off the cliff. <laughs> So should we call the Eagles? The Eagles? Yeah, yeah, we got to get picked up by the Eagles. Oh, right, we climb out of the mountain, blah, 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 blah. But we all know they're coming to pick us up. Not sure why we went there, but all right. the Eagles. All right, fair enough. That was, that was over my head because I'm not music <laughs> guy. <laughs> Jumping back in. Crop circles. <laughs> Fractals became popular around that time and the documentary by National Geographic conveniently explains how it's done. The unbelievable thing is that even after the two pranksters that started it all in 1978, Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, all those sons of bitches, what fur, confessed to their ruse that demonstrated how easy it was to make the circles. People still fall for these crop circles folklores, they say. But folklorists. Folklores. But how could there be thousands of these things spread around the world? Surely some may not have been man-made. Some were actually made by cows. They just like eating in the circle. Well, they're protecting us all from the bunnies. 
Well, yes, because the bunnies are uh, on the moon, a crater in the moon. What is it, the 32nd crater? 32nd and a half, actually. 32nd and a half crater on the moon, yes. Quite. Yes, they will yeah. turn us all into carrots and eat us all. We have to worry about these bunnies, people. There is I've a bunny been, invasion coming from the moon. I've been fucking telling you since middle school, Joe. He has been, and honestly, I'm not sure how. He still hasn't explained it to me, but the cows will save us. I don't need to explain it, Joe. <laughs> it's not up to me. Okay. For the record, he literally, I don't know where he came up with that, but it was seventh grade. He's been telling me since seventh grade about the bunnies from the 32nd grade I had and a, vision. a half. I had a vision, Joe. And, <laughs> and you know what? Now that I am reminded of that nonsense, I'm going to put it in a, uh, I'm going to put it in a comic or something. We're going to, we're going to make that canon, bud. Good. The, the message needs to be spread. It's like Sagatism where we worship Bob Saget. He, uh, the message yes. needs to be spread. He started a television career for all of our sins. And the Olsen twins are actually, uh, and keep in mind, when I say the Olsen twins, I mean the version of them that was in Full House, not the ones who are actually in existence. The point is, they are the Antichrist in Sagatism. Body of Sagat. That is why they weren't in Fuller House. Body of Sagat. This is a, this is a bullshit theory that we've come up with. It's not bullshit. And and the cross is the Michelangelo's David with Bob Saget's head. This is the gospel. The gospel of Sagatism. Amen. Crop circles. Crop circles. Crops and believers. Remain. Circles and core. Unwavering. Amy, Amy and sunflowers. Of course. What if, what if we do lima beans? But that crop was just there that year, so we could recycle. It's just to keep from another dust bowl happening. You mean we don't get any lima beans for dinner, Dad? No, they're nutritious for the dirt. Well, for fuck's sake, Dad, I wanted lima beans. Crop circles. Crop circles. <laughs> Shit. Okay, the unbelievable thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Believers remain unwavering. Of course, no one has ever witnessed a non-human made crop circle appear except gary and gary doesn't talk he's weird well to be fair they cut out his tongue why did they do that uh condolingus on the mayor's wife oh oh, 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 oh yeah yeah he figured it was the only way to make sure it didn't happen again oh yeah oh yeah it's uh it uh all happens conveniently at night in secrecy including the like uh, condolingus and the mayor's wife exactly out of view where the sun doesn't shine (laughs) if it's true that the purpose of the circles is to convey some kind of message wouldn't it make sense to have them happen in front of actual witnesses And what is the, the, that's like the most? Yeah, that was just like stupid. that was the best this this journalist has put in this thing that that was like okay that was a good take that was a good take <laughs> like nailed it. And what is this alleged message that's taking thousands of crop circles to attempt to convey over thirty years? What if it was just like a recipe for human stew? They're like, they're just trolling us. They're like, we're coming to eat you. So all of these cropsicles are literally just ingredients to like, this is what we're going to do to put you in our human stew. Twilight Zone. It's a cookbook. To serve man. Yeah, yes, I knew the episode. Uh, Twilight Zone. 
on it. Uh, it's either a very complex. <laughs> it's either a very complex message, or we are just too plain stupid and can't get it. Yeah, that's probably that's probably true. I will end this in the fifties reporter. Thankfully, the aliens are patient messengers, or perhaps some of our own brothers and sisters are having a good laugh and making good money at the expense of people's yearning to believe in what's not there. Ho, ho, ho. Coming to you from Earthling Entertainment. I'm Chaz Boner, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. And I've got a boner. Ha, ha, ha. Unrelated. <laughs> it's these damn corduroys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, fire over here. All right, so, you know... I pretty much said everything I wanted to say about crop circles right there in the middle, so I really I don't have much say, more batter about it. I honestly, uh, it's not my thing. Yeah, fair Do enough. I, I'm, I, you know me. I always say this. I don't close the tor- the, the the door entirely on anything, but if you wanted my opinion on crop circles, meh, maybe. Ryan thinks they're crap circles. <laughs> you know, uh, do strange you, wilderness. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you care? See, that's why we're Earthling Entertainment, because it's constant movies and entertainment references. Well, that's what I do. Even when we don't have a entertainment segment in the episode, we still have entertainment in the episode. That's what they call ADHD. ADHD! That was fucking terrifying. I didn't (laughs) like it. I don't like your voice on that. All right, fair enough. (sighs) <sighs> but that wraps it up for Ryan's disclosure discussion. Uh, I, I love talking. Uh, last week, we, uh, if right, anybody. Well, uh, oh, uh, uh. All right. We'll cover it again. I'll uh, come back to you on that one, on that thought. Uh, <laughs> but I, we are we are constantly uh, renovating here at uh, Earthling Entertainment, and I want to bring uh, everything Alien Disclosure to you. So if you've got anything that, that you've seen that's new that you want to bring up, I would we would love to hear from you. Please message us on Facebook. Yeah, messaging us on Facebook is the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, we definitely respond pretty immediately if we get a message. As long as you're not a bot. Well, uh, you know what? Here's the thing. I would like to say, for anyone who messages us on Facebook, this is proof you didn't even listen to our show, but you just saw us posting and messaged us. All right. We are not going to pay you to promote our podcast. Thank you. All right. Dude. Listen, it defeats the purpose if I get a billion views or a billion downloads or whatever the hell, and they're not real. Like, I... Like, it, don't misunderstand. It would be amazing to make, like, a bunch of money off doing this, but the truth is i rather know people are actually listening. And if you pay people to have downloads or views, then how do you know what you're doing is actually, like, meaning something to someone? How do you know, like, what's the point? It, it, it doesn't help your algorithm. It doesn't help anything from my experience in being in bands and stuff. With uh, my last band, of Silence, we, uh, I think with one song, we fell for the trap. It was a single we released years back. But that was paying to promote it. Right. Yeah, it, well, that's that's a little different. Though. Not really because it just turned into it it landed on some uh streaming farming uh playlist, basically. And so yeah, it got tons of views, but it went nowhere. And and the thing is now is it's kind of My dog's barking at something out the window, sorry. 
Pogo's the man. He's just protecting us. Yeah. But uh, no, but like, it, and it's so obvious now. Now, now that it's become so obvious when a local band that you know you play a show with and they don't have a big draw, like like you know, I'm not talking crap on that. You got to start somewhere. But what I'm saying, then all of a sudden just, they, they I'm release. I'm talking about don't album. pay for followers. Well, that's what I'm saying. Then they release an album, and all of a sudden they've got like twenty thousand streams per song. But you literally see them on their social media, on their shows. Literally everything else is nothing. And and unfortunately, I'm not talking crap on the bands. It's a trap it, because like it, it feels like a good idea, right? Like oh well, I'm gonna pay the money, and you think it's gonna reach real ears. No, you're just paying some. And unfortunately, it happened to a band. Uh, around here that I know of, I'm not going to mention names, where they did that and uh, they were banned from Spotify. I believe they were able to get back on. They were able to fight. But like, like Spotify was like you're spamming or something? Right. They got recognized that they were paying this curator who was using an illegal, like we've all seen it, those rooms with like a million phones, like all streaming shit. Like it's crazy. It really happens. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like I want to know the people who are downloading or the people who are listening are actually there and real. Thank you. And, and and that's why, yeah, well, like I said, last thing I'll say about my band, we released last year our first full-length album, and we chose- Oh, dude, it's fantastic. You I appreciate have it. To, no, no, no. Plug it. Tell them what the name is. Uh, the, it's uh, A Silence in Danger Us All. It's, it's the first full-length I've ever done in my entire career. I've been uh, doing music my whole life. Nothing to show up but great memories, you know what I mean? No delusions of grandeur here, but uh, with that last album, we did it organically, and uh, we were really proud of those numbers because we worked for it. And yeah, it was we, real. Yeah, it, it wasn't like huge numbers. So the name of the band is Asylance. Think Asylum and Silence and cram it together at the Y. Yeah, so it's Asylance, and the name of the album is? Uh, Endanger Us All. All right, because listen, you did, like, listen to it. Stream it if you want. I suggest buying it, but that's just me. Uh, you don't have to do that. It's streaming everywhere. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. Uh, or you can buy it and actually support him. Some melodic death metal <laughs> from Detroit. Uh, it, like I said, nothing to show but great memories. But uh, I just had to, uh, I wanted to chime in with that because that I have a lot of experience in that. In that, Yeah, it does you no good to pay yeah. these new curators for empty listens. Yeah, well, it just, it bugs me because it's like, all right, so someone on Instagram has like, oh, you have 50,000, you know, followers wow that's that's amazing and then you look and it's like they post something and there's like 10 people who are like yeah we like it and it's just like all right so that's clearly a bunch of bots and okay i'm i like instagram because i like the idea of the photo album and i've been using it since early on it's getting old because all i'm getting is the algorithm sending me like oh you're a guy here's chicks or you're (laughs) a nerd here's nerd stuff and i never even see stuff from my friends anymore yeah and uh, I don't know. It's just you could tell when people follow you and it's fake. They have a fake profile. It's just clearly there to be either a thirst trap or something else. And it's just it's losing the point. And it's like I, I blame the people who are like, spend ten dollars and we'll give you a thousand followers. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's it's we are truly in the Wild West. Like, like that's they, a just bandit. social media. That's a that's an Internet bandit. Right. Well, there. You know, what's really screwed up, man. Smartphones like the iPhone and stuff came out in 2007. We graduated in 2005. We had graduated high school before smartphones existed. Yeah, uh, YouTube began in 2008. Holy shit. That can't be. No, that can't be right. There was no YouTube when we were in high school. But I remember watching Lonely Island videos. Was it on the website? Damn. Must have been. You might be right. Yeah, it was either 07 or 08. I know that it was not. Yeah. 
Uh, but no, it, so, so yeah, weird. and now we're in this time where you know we we talked about the SAG after a uh, strike and all that for for movies and TV entertainment to keep up with the times of streaming. I really think that we're long overdue for a music uprising for the same reason, because yeah, you just don't see. Artists aren't getting what they deserve when it comes to streaming. And uh, I know a big thing, the last thing I'll say about Spotify on this episode is they just announced that, like, if you don't get, like, 10,000 streams a year, they're not even going to monetize you at all now. And well, they only on. give, like, point zero zero eight cents on the stream. All right, but here's my thought, Ryan. You're just saying how, like, Spotify and streaming is screwing us, but then you weren't going to, like, like stop me from plugging your stuff. When I was like, you guys should buy it. You're like, no, no, just stream it. And, just then, and then two honest. seconds later, you're like, streaming actually fucks us. Just well, buy the damn album, guys. It's well, ten bucks, right? Because I'm because I'm not, like I said, no delusion. I'm not in it for the money. I, I would rather people just hear hear my shit. Like, it's cool. I like I like the legacy aspect. I like that that it's out there. Well, that know. is just it. You have contributed to the zeitgeist of like metal music. You have done that yep. for sure. I was there. I did my best. I, I'm, he I'm is being next... modest. It's a professional album. It's very good. And this is an album made from years upon years of experience and study of music and metal music and the culture. Like he is downplaying it because he's a very modest person. It well, is a very good professional and my, album. And my band was amazing. I had Rick. On bass, I had Alex on the drums, who is no stranger to the local scene. He had been playing. I remember going to see him for years. And then, of course, we had uh, Aaron Lumsden on guitar, who also runs Acuro Productions, who did all of our music videos. He actually recorded and produced the album other than the drums. The drums were done at Metro 37, which you'll appreciate because it's a reference to Clerks. 37? That's funny. Yeah, no, uh, Aaron's a really good dude, and he's very professional. And what's the name of his company? Acuro Productions. He's the shit. He yeah. Does so if you're if you're in a band in the Detroit area and you need a music video music or anything like that, hit him up. I, you know, I'm sure he, he like Ryan says, he has he a recording studio as well. Exactly. So that actually is uh, an unprompted plug. We're just plugging him because he's really came up good. In yeah, came up in conversation. Yeah, he's a really on. good dude and he does good work. So check him out. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. No, like I said, yeah, that was an unprompted plug. Just yeah, we're just kind of chatting. Uh. This is our second episode of the year, and uh, we kind of already got to the end of our thing. Uh, we had a couple things we wanted to talk about. I hinted at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you wanted to talk about Star Wars I would stuff. love to talk about some Star Wars. Uh, so this is going to be, full disclosure, this is rumors. We are talking rumors right now. Well, we don't. I don't want to say it's rumors. It's it's People have reported it, but, um, you know, there's there's... If Variety or Deadline reports something, it is 100% true. Ooh. If it's a third-party uh, website, you, I mean, sometimes people just write shit for clickbait. So, so it's let's, tough to tell. So let's start. Sorry to interrupt. Let's start. Everybody heard. <gasps> April, right? It was the big announcement. It was literally not even a month ago. It was like weeks ago. They announced the Rey Skywalker movie. It was going to be Rey building the new uh, Jedi Order in her, in her you know, view. And it was going to begin filming uh, April of this year, 2024. And then Joe told me this. Yeah, so basically uh, that Mandalorian movie that's going to be directed by Jon Favreau uh, apparently is going to be put in production. It's going to be the first Star Wars movie released. So 
basically. I think they're pushing, I'm pretty sure they're pushing the Ray movie, and now we're focusing on the Mandalorian movie. And this just continues the trend of Lucasfilm. Uh, and I, dude, I'm a Star Wars fan. Ryan's a Star Wars fan. We're not talking crap on Star not Wars. Not at all. But the fact is, they keep saying we're making movies that don't get made. Like I mentioned before, Patty Jenkins was going to do a, a film, Rogue Squadron, and that never happened and is not going to happen. Ryan Johnson, the writer and director of The Last Jedi, whether you like that movie or hate that movie, he was supposed to be doing his own trilogy. That's not happening. Should have. Kevin Feige was announced that he was going to work on a Star Wars movie. That's not happening. Taita Watiki was going to work on a Star Wars movie. As far as I know, no movement has gone on that project. So they just keep announcing films and changing their plans. So when they announced the Ray movie and it was like, oh, no, this is like happening. Like it's going in production. Like, yeah, they April. were like dead nuts. I was I was super excited because I think uh, I think the last trilogy was a, a little bit mishandled. They were reactionary to what the fans were saying. So they didn't have a clear direction and they botched the ending. So I like the idea of like an epilogue film that kind of will set us in the right direction from where we all wanted the I sequel love Ray, trilogy yeah. to be. And I do like Ray. I like Daisy Ridley. Yeah, I wanted to... I, I, I was actually... I was very excited. I told you. I remember hitting you up. I was very excited for it. Well, as far as I know, the film is it, is still apparently happening. Although the pattern I just said, you know, maybe things will change. But uh, they recently said the Mandalorian movie, like I said, is going to be the next Star Wars movie to come out. Which means so, they're probably pushing production of Ray for the Mandalorian yeah. movie. And also, previously this was going to be directed by Dave Filoni and it was going to be a Mandoverse film. Now it's a Mandalorian movie. The difference being uh, the Mandoverse would have been all the shows connected. And this one is directed by Dave Filoni, written by Dave Filoni, as far as I've seen. And it's like, No, John Favreau is doing sorry, the Sorry, 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 sorry. I apologize. I, don't, I get their names mixed up in my head. John Favreau is directing. He wrote it, and he's executive producer along with Kathleen Kennedy. Yes, well, Kathleen Kennedy is the head of Lucasfilm. I believe she still is. I know Dave Filoni is taking over, and I know she's going to exit or already has. Uh, no, last night when I saw, sorry to interrupt, when I saw for this Mandalorian, when I, we were just looking at it, it said that that was the official take was that it will be executive produced by. Yeah, but it, I got to be honest, dude, executive producer uh, can some a producer in general can sometimes not mean anything. Like, for instance, someone gets a producer credit because I happen to know Ben Affleck. So I got Ben Affleck in your movie. And because I'm the one who brought Ben Affleck to the table, I get a producer credit. And sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's just lending your assets, whether it's props Ooh. or studios. For instance, uh, Steven Spielberg was a producer. I, I don't know if on all of them, but he was a producer on the first Transformers film. Guys, Steven Spielberg did not have really anything to do with that. You know, come on. That's that's kind of my point. You're with what you just said makes sense cuz you, you know more about movie industry than I do. So that makes sense. So so she has to probably be executive producer just so that all of the rights to everything is available. Uh I, if she's still the head of Lucasfilm when a film goes in the books, she's uh she's going to be attached as the executive right. producer. Right. That's what that's what I mean is so that I'm just going along with what you said with and this isn't me talking crap on her. I know the South Park joke was absolutely hilarious, but like, like I'm not totally dogging on her. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's not all her. But, uh, but For those of you who don't know, South Park did Into the Pandaverse, which was a film on Paramount Plus that explored the idea that Kathleen Kennedy is trying to put diverse women in everything and they have to be gay and they have to make the film lame. May I? Yes, go ahead. 
I said, put a chick in it, make her gay, and I want it lame. So South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they've always been masters of satire. And let's be honest, they're just kind of putting a micro, uh, uh, what is it, a, a microscope on a segment of what's happening in our culture right now. And it's just funny. We don't really want to get into, once again, anything that's going to piss people off. But in the 80s, we know that in films, the joke was there's a token black guy. Well, in the late 2000s, there was a to- there's token uh, gay people or token trans people. It's just part of a cycle. 20 years from now, there might be tokel- token, I-, I have no idea, but let's say Inuits. It might be token Inuit people because we decide that, you know, that they're marginalized. I'm just saying this is a constant flow. This happens over and over again. Don't freak out, guys. Like, this is a moment in time. Relax. And, and another and another <laughs> magnifying glass onto South Park is literally they named Token, the Token Black Kid, Token. And then they reveal in one of the new episodes, yeah, I really like the J.A.R. J.J.R. To- Tolkien. The, the Tolkien books. Yeah, so I they rec- they retconned that character's name from instead of Token, like the Token Black Guy, to Tolkien. And, now- and then shamed everybody in the audience and tricked them into thinking that that's the way it's always been as like a joke. And they even took the extra step to adjust all of the closed captioning. If you go back into the old episodes, Tolkien, where it says like people talking, is spelt now Tolkien. Yeah, it's, they they it's call they call troll. it the big fix. It's such a troll. It's <laughs> such a, it's hilarious. So guys, that'll be it for this episode of Earthling Entertainment. Uh, you know, we had a really fun time. I hope you guys enjoy all the banter. Sorry if sometimes we interrupt a little too much. Feel free to comment on our Facebook and tell us, "Hey, Joe, quit interrupting." Or, "Joe, interrupt all the time. That's great." Or Ryan, stop being so awesome. And I'll just be like, ah, I do my best. Ryan's like, I can't stop being awesome. I just can't. But all right, Earthling Entertainment, thanks for listening. (laughs) See ya. See ya. like Reuben sandwiches. Yes, but the bread, which is what, sourdough? I think it's like a rye. Yeah, it's a rye. Uh, I have to make sure that that bread does not have seeds. There's some rye bread with seeds and mm. some without. But if it doesn't have seeds, I absolutely love Reuben. I also love a... God, what is I Reuben? forgot about that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the other thing that's not a Reuben? It's like a Reuben, but it's also, it's like turkey instead. It's called like an Just like something. a turkey Reuben. No, it has a different name. It's like an Asher Reuben. I'm unaware <laughs> of the name, but... What I was going to oh, say. Oh, Rachel. It's a Rachel. Okay, so I've never heard of that name, but I have seen Turkey Rubens next to a Ruben. Fair enough. So my guess is some places just chose to just call it, because probably a lot of people don't know the Rachel. Well, they're fucking idiots, Ryan. Well, I mean, they're, they're pieces I'm of an idiot sh- joke, because I didn't know. You are, but it's okay. <laughs> I still love you.